welcome to the interlude with drew yo what's up everybody this is andrew mccain welcome back to another episode of the interlude with drew man it's been a while it's been over a month now and i apologize that i haven't been able to post any new episodes not gonna lie i've been really busy with like i said before like work school home life and everything like that but i got some time now so i definitely want to uh, make sure to not neglect this podcast. I'm thankful once again for all of you that tune in. I'm thankful for those of you that um, are faithful listeners to this podcast. And, you know, I hope that I'm giving you guys content that is um, something that you would appreciate and everything like that. Um, so today I want to talk about basketball. You know, I, I've, I've alluded to how much I love basketball in previous episodes, but today I want to actually talk about a certain topic or a couple topics involving the NBA season. So the first thing I want to say is that this Lakers season is the most disappointing season I've ever seen in all my years watching basketball. And I, I know a lot about the history of basketball, so I'm going to go ahead and say this is the most disappointing team in the history of the NBA. I know that's a bold statement, but my goodness. like If you think about how we felt about this team um, at the beginning of the year, they have uh, LeBron and AD, Anthony Davis, who they already had. But then they added on Russell Westbrook and um, brought back Dwight Howard. And they had uh, brought on Carmelo Anthony. And uh, who else? They, they And then, you know, they got the people on the bench and everything like that. But uh, prior to the year, it was almost like, yo, this is unfair. Like, we already know who's going to the finals. Like, you know, LeBron's, LeBron just has to beat the Nets because they look like the favorites out the East because they had – um, a full year starting off with Harden, uh, KD, and Kyrie. And they they somewhat disappointed too. But, uh, you know, I'll get to that. It's mostly because of Kyrie's um, vaccine status and deciding not to take that. But the Lakers, my goodness, I thought for sure there's no way, like especially as, as Carmelo, bringing Carmelo on, that's my guy. And they brought him in. And the kind of years he's been having in um, – in uh, Portland, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great piece to add to this team. And, you know, whether he comes off the bench or starts, like, that's going to be dope. And Russell Westbrook, I, I wasn't a big fan of the the trade for trade for him. I mean, granted, I'm a Wizards fan, so I was happy that he was gone, to be honest. And, you know, honestly, people were like, what? You brought y'all to the playoffs? And, of course, we didn't make it this year. But, like, when you watch the games, for me, it's just like, I don't know. He'll get the triple doubles, but it's like – He's, in my opinion, a lot of times it looks forced. Like, it, it doesn't come, like, naturally through the flow of the game, like how Jason Kidd used to back in the day or how LeBron would. Like, I hate to say it, but a lot of times it looks like stat padding. So I was like, that's a weird fit, but just because of, you know, him being a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer, and, you know, just average a triple-double last year, I was like, they'll figure it out some way, somehow. Maybe it'll relieve LeBron. And I know they were looking to have somebody that could, like, win a game when LeBron or AD was out. But this just turned out to be a whole mess. Like, I've never seen Russ play this bad. And Anthony Davis, of course, was injured throughout the season plenty of times. LeBron individually had one of the best years he's ever had. Like, he legit almost led the league in scoring in his 19th year at 37 years old. Which is wild to me. And then, like, the way how he's doing it, like, the games where you're scoring, like, 53, 50, I think it was 56 at one point. It's like, yo, how's he doing this this late in his career? Like, got to give credit where credit is due. He's still not the GOAT to me, but he's number two. And that's saying a lot. I mean, he's, like, since 1940, 
uh, what, seven or 46 or whenever they started, all the way to now he's uh, he's better than everybody except for one person. I think I think that's pretty good. But, man, all that did not translate. Like, if you think about it, before COVID, there wasn't any such thing as a play-in tournament. Like, they had teased the idea, but it's always been, if you want to make it into the playoffs, you got to get in the top eight seeds in the conference. So, thinking about if um, if – there was no playing tournament. Like, they were way out of the playoffs because I think they probably finished in, like, the 11th seed. And so they weren't even good enough to get to the 10th to make it into the playing tournament. And, like, as bad as the season was going, it felt like every week we were like, all right, at some point, some point they're going to turn this around. At some point they're going to figure this out. And it just never happened. It is really crazy to think that with all that talent, they could never figure it out. I feel bad because Frank Vogel got a lot of the blame. And, of course, he just lost his job, uh, like, yesterday. But at the same time, like, even when they won, I didn't really like a lot of the stuff that he was doing as far as, like, rotations. But you couldn't argue with it because their defense was always strong. Like, they always had a great defense. But, you know, some of his rotations and, like, how he would play the players, I always questioned it. But I was like, once he won that championship, it was like, well, they're not letting go of him now, but this year it was like they had no choice because it was just it was just bad, like bad. And I feel like because they paid Russ, like he has a forty million dollar a year contract, which is wild. Like I should I should have worked on my jump shot more, or something. But he got a forty million dollar contract, so realistically, you're not going to invest that much money in a player and not start him and give him minutes that he deserves. Now, me personally, I have been a big proponent all year that they should have traded him for John Wall. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, hear me out. John Wall, a lot of people say him and Russ are kind of the same player, but Russ is better. I will agree that Russ is better uh, throughout his career. That's that's for sure. But John is a pass-first point guard. He, um, you know, once again, I'm a Wizards fan, so I saw it up close. All throughout his years in the Wizards, he's always averaged at least, like, nine assists. Like, he's had 11 a couple years, 10 a couple years, nine. Like, his rookie year, he came out the gate averaging nine. And, of course, Russ has his triple-doubles, and he's almost always averaging double-digit assists. But there's some assists where he sets people up really nice. Like, he'll drop off at the rim and stuff. But a lot of them is like, I need to get to 10 assists. John, to me, is, like, always looking to set up his teammates. Like, he's not going to force shots. And that's the difference to me because Russ will get them 10 assists, but he'll also force up some crazy shots or have some horrible turnovers. John does turn the ball over, too, but it's not demoralizing. Like, Russ, Russ, when he turns the ball over, it's like off his foot or he just throws it way out of bounds. And it's like you can see his teammates' heads just, just drop. Like, oh, here we go again. John is, is you know, he has a, probably about three turnovers a game when he was healthy. But, you know, he's um, his, his stuff is like all, all with the intention of trying to set up teammates and stuff like that, not just random mistakes. And he's not a great shooter, just like Russ isn't. But it's, it's like Russ isn't a great shooter, but he still shoots all the time. John will shoot when, you know, it's available. He's still not the greatest, but it's not going to like – hurt the team like he's not going to try to take over and keep the ball away from somebody who could do a better job like I just feel like him with AD and LeBron and then Melo he would have been good like 
But, I mean, we'll see if they try to do something like that this offseason because I feel like they got to get rid of Russ. The only problem with John, of course, is the injury history and how he's barely played since he got that max contract, and it looks so bad. But let's not forget that the Rockets are intentionally not playing him. Like the previous season, I think the season before or right before COVID, he was still averaging like 21 and 9. Like, yeah, he wasn't shooting great, but there was nobody else on the team like that. So... That's part of it, but at least he proved he could still do it. Then they just like, yeah, we would rather develop our, our young players. So you just sit out, collect that check, which is, whew, I can't, you know, that's a tough thing because I know he wants to hoop, but like it's to the point where he got like, a, he getting almost 40 a year, 40 million a year, and he'd be kind of dumb to pass that up. So it's like, it's a bad situation because he looks bad because he's just collecting the check, but you got to, you got to think, you know, about setting up your future first. So I don't know. I don't know what I'd do if I was him. I'd, I'd be sick of sitting, but at the same time, not sick enough to give up that much money. But I digress. I really, truly believe that if they had John Wall, it would make a difference. He got to be healthy by now. Like He's just been sitting, working out, and stuff like that. He has to be healthy. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know what they're going to do because they're, 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 they trade away all their draft picks in order to try to win now. So they're in a tough spot. But – Anyways, just as a sidebar, I think they should get Mark Jackson. I say this every year, every time a team needs a coach. I don't know why the NBA got him blackballed, but they should get Mark Jackson. He, I feel like, can you know work with the Eagles and stuff like that and change the whole culture and stuff like that. But I highly doubt it. Like, I give it like a 1% chance. Like, they, I, I, they'll get Mike Brown before they get him or try to lure uh, Greg Popovich or something, which would be nice because, honestly, you know, I'm not, like, what you would call a LeBron fan, but I am a fan of his game at this point in my life. Like, at first, I used to really not like him, but I really, really enjoy watching him now, and I realize we're going to miss him when he's gone, and I appreciate his greatness. It's really sad that out of his whole career, you can't say that he had a truly great coach. Like, everybody else, that's great. Like, Mike had Phil Jackson. Kobe had Phil Jackson. Um, Magic had Pat Riley. Shaq had Phil Jackson. Tim Duncan had Greg Popovich. And, like, pretty much all the greats, like, the really great greats, they all had great coaches. Like, Bill Russell had Red Arback and stuff like that. But LeBron's best coach might have been Ty Lue, and that's when he was just starting out. And back then, I really didn't think he was a good coach. So... Like, it's sad that somebody this great is going to go his whole career without getting, like, a truly great coach. But also, I know Greg hates the Lakers, so I doubt that happens too. So, I don't know. But overall, like I said, that this is the most disappointing team I've ever seen, probably in sports. Like, a few others come to mind. People talk about the 2004 Lakers. I remember that. We thought it was a guaranteed ring because they already had Kobe and Shaq, who was just coming off of, you know, losing to the Spurs. But before that, they they – they won three in a row, and they were still Kobe and Shaq. And then they added Carl Malone and Gary Payton. So it looked like that was guaranteed. And they were disappointment a disappointment because they didn't win the championship. But if you think about it, they made it all the way to the um, to the finals still, and they lost. But I, that's not that's not nearly as much of a disappointment. Then you think about the I think it was the 2012 Lakers where they had Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, Kobe, and Powell, and Ron Artest. That was definitely a big disappointment, too, because um, they looked like they were for sure going to uh, get to the championship. And I think, they were, yeah, they would have played the Heat. That was either 2011 or 2012, one of the two. 
But yeah, that that fizzled out. They lost to the Mavericks, and I think they got swept. So that was a big disappointment. But nothing to the magnitude of this. Like, how you not even make the tenth seed? Like, you you talking about a super team, and they didn't even make the tenth seed. Now, of course, injuries played a factor, but not that big of a factor. Like from early on, we could see that this was not working out. Like was like. Like I said, everybody was just waiting. Like at some point, they just gonna take off and they can get on a winning streak. And it's like, okay, they won two in a row, and it just never happened. Now the Brooklyn Nets, they, I feel like James Harden gave up too early. Like I get why he was upset with Kyrie, but um, he gave up too early in my opinion. Because now he's in Philly, which he thought was an ideal situation. And I know it takes time, but so far it looks like the fit hasn't been the greatest. So. It'll be interesting to see how that works out, but so far it's not looking too, too great. So, yeah, but um, I think Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD are still good enough to at least get to the conference finals again. Um, Well, I shouldn't say again. They they lost in the second round last year, but I think they should be able to get to the conference finals, and and it really all depends on if Ben Simmons comes back, which, once again, is like the weirdest thing. Like, this man – is I, I don't know he ain't played all year and when he gets to a new team now he has back issues like I didn't hear nothing about that while he's in Philly it had to be he was riding the bench too long and his back got stiff or something it's, it's weird but um yeah I, I think you know from from my what I what I could see now I think it looks like it could possibly be a rematch of last year Milwaukee versus uh the Suns in the finals I really want um Philly to get there, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Joel Embiid, and I really think he's the MVP, even though I know they're going to give it to the Joker. Um, but, yeah, Joel, to me, is the MVP. Like, how you average 30 as a big man. He's His defense is super underrated, and prior to James Harden getting there, he was doing it all by himself and still had them, like, as a contender and stuff. And I know the main reason he's not going to get it is because James Harden came, and it's like, well, you got James Harden. But not and beat in the MVP. Much respect to Jokic, though he is amazing in what he does. But you know they they only had forty eight wins. So I mean that's still good. But I don't know. I I I I think Embiid should get it. But if him and Harden somehow ever figure it out, I think they have a chance to get to the finals. But can they beat Milwaukee? I can't say for sure. I I Giannis is playing on another level right now, and he. He he has the killer mentality. Like he's willing to take anybody out. I'm still battling in my head if he's better than KD. He might be because of the defensive side, but KD overall is just too skilled. So I, I feel I feel like KD has it by a little bit. But I love to see them match up in the playoffs and KD take it personally and just like go out and prove. Cause I know KD in his mind is like nobody's better than me. And the way how Kyrie's been playing this year is is like incredible. But yeah, man, back to LeBron really quick like this year I think really took a hit in his GOAT conversation because this looked like he had an opportunity to get that fifth ring and make it a real real conversation between him and MJ but now with a stacked team not 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 all the way but like at least the starting lineup a stacked team they they completely missed the play in even though he had a great individual year but imagine how great that would have looked if they were like a top four seed with him averaging 30. Like, that would have helped this case out a lot. But to me, just by watching the eye test, it's, it's, it's going to be MJ for me. Like, I I, I want to say always, but you never know what could happen. But 
between those two, it's always going to be MJ for me. Like, it's close because LeBron really is great and he does so many things great. And for me, his greatest argument is that he's a pass-first player. Like, his best skill is passing, but yet he might very well be the um, leading scorer in league history, which is crazy. Like, really crazy. Like, coming in um, when, you know, with all the hype and stuff, I thought he was going to be great, but he – with all that hype, he still exceeded those expectations. So much props to him, but they got a lot to figure out. All right. So, you know, I had fun doing that NBA talk. I know at the beginning of the podcast, I said I'd do that from time to time. So I'll probably have another episode here, here and there down the line just to switch it up. You know, we got interviews, we got Bible talk, we got music talk. So, you know, put a little sports talk in it. So thank you again for tuning in, you know, As I always say, only what you do for Christ will last. Take it one day at a time and keep it pushing. I'll catch y'all next time. It's the Welcome to the interlude with Drew.